Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of According to RP on WJMS Radio. It's your girl, Rita Pierre, your host. And as always, I hope you guys are striving, thriving, and surviving in these quarantine-infested streets, in these socially unjust streets, in these police brutality streets. The streets, there's a lot going on in the streets. There is a lot going on in these streets, but we are alive we are able to breathe for the moment. We are able to fight another day. And I think that's what's important. That's what we have to focus on. So we are in the second Sunday, the second week of June. So happy second Sunday of June, everyone. <laughs> Father's Day is next week. So definitely we are going to be highlighting, I guess, on my social media um fathers, black fathers, and just really showing our love to the black men in our lives, right? And for those of you who have not yet gotten your Father's Day gifts, I know that there is this big push for black-owned businesses right now. Find yourself a black-owned business, get your father, your uncle, your cousin, whoever you find to be a role model, male role model in your life, and get them a gift. I think that we have to really do a better job of acknowledging um, the men in our lives and really showing them that we care and that we love them, right? Every year, I mean, I'm going on a tangent here, but every year I see posts about single mothers who are saying, you know, there shouldn't be a Father's Day, it should be a single Mother's Day. And, and I feel like all of that is just taking away from the fact that there are good men out there who are taking care of their children, who are providing for their families, who are providing for kids that are not even, for, you know, their kids biologically, if we want to go there. But we should, especially now, I feel like with everything going on, especially with our black men, you know, they're always under attack. But right now it's in our faces even more. Let's let's try to stay away from this rhetoric, this let's take away Father's Day and let's rename Father's Day or it should also be Singles Mother's Day. Let's just let Father's Day be Father's Day this year, guys. Let's just let Father's Day be Father's Day. Let's acknowledge the men in our lives. It might not be your actual father, but I'm sure it could have been your uncle, your brother, whoever stepped up. And let's just let's just, you know, celebrate our men, celebrate our fathers this year. So today we have a very, very um, important guest, an amazing guest. He is a young brother, a 24-year-old uh, young brother from the community, graduate of St. John's University. He's Haitian-American, and he's going to come on and talk about an organization that he is spearheading as a result of everything that's been going on in our society. And it's called... Um, it's NOPC is the acronym, but it's Next Phase of Change. And I got wind of it. We are both in the St. John's Black Alumni Association chat group. So shout out to the Black Alumni Association of St. John's University. So I was in the chat group and I saw that he posted this website and this movement that he is spearheading and he's asking for everyone to be on board. And I thought, you know what? 
let's highlight this young man, this young, this young black man who is doing amazing things in the community, who is taking, taking things, taking matters into his own hand. And let's give him a platform to share about his vision and where he wants to go. I think it's important for us to support our black youth, support our male youth who could be doing anything in these streets, but instead are are thinking and coming up with ways to better their communities and to make this world a better place. So um, he's going to come on a little later to talk about his vision, to talk about his organization uh, and to also talk a little bit about who he is, how he got, you know, to where he got. Um, so we definitely want to keep it tuned for that. Let's support our young black males, guys. Let's support our young people. There are a lot of individuals out here in these streets that are taking the mics that are that are you know, sharing the message that are doing their part, but we need to create platforms and we need to create spaces for our young people to thrive and for their voices to also be heard. So definitely keep it locked for that. But before we get into the meat of the show, you know, we have to go through our preliminaries. So right now it is time for our Urban Dictionary word or phrase of the week. Do you understand? definition um what does keep keep mean what's on fleek can you read it in a sentence i feel a fleek gillette and it's gonna be lit major key it's time for the urban dictionary word or phrase of the week so this week's urban dictionary word or phrase of the week is both sideism so both sideism both sideism is when a person tries to make you believe that both sides are equally responsible for something, even though one is really clearly at fault. Example, Trump's both sideism about the alt right and the alt left is ridiculous. I don't really know what the alt right, alt left, whatever is about, but I thought that this was a very uh, interesting um, phrase that I decided to go with this week because I think it encompasses a lot of what I've been seeing in the media, what I've been seeing on social media, what I've been hearing, you know, with friends and different conversations that I've been having. Right now, we are at a moment where everybody is trying to become a social scientist. Everybody is trying to become an expert in politics and in the law. I encourage everyone to educate themselves because I think education is key. That's the only way we're, we're going to understand economics. That's the only way we're going to understand what's truly going on in our community. That's how we're going to understand the greater agenda because there is a bigger agenda that's happening here. But in order for us to really be in tune with that, we need to be educated about our histories, about our past, about our present. And, you know, that's going to inform us about what's going on in the future, right? Um, that whole concept of Sankofa, something I've always I've always loved this concept in order to really know where you're going. You have to know where you know where you've been. You have to know your history. You have to know your past. And so a lot of people are starting to become woke. They're on this journey of wokeness. Right. Uh, but with that being said, there are individuals who are grappling with reality with what's going on they're they're trying to understand you know the these movements and we are engaging in this both sideism i think a lot of people are trying to still i don't know if it's have a cake and eat it too if that's the right um the right if that's the right characterization but they're trying to see things from both sides and i think that sometimes that's dangerous there are many 
you know, many examples as to when something like that, that type of thinking is important, right? But I think when we're talking about right and wrong, when we're talking about justice, when we're talking about the state of our economy, the state of our society, the state of black people in this country, we can't engage in this both sidism, you know, rhetoric, this both sidism ideology. There is there in a lot of cases, in a lot of these cases, there is clearly a side that's at fault. There is clearly an ideology, a point of view, a way of thinking that is wrong and detrimental to the movement. And I think that when we engage in both sideism, I don't think I'm ever going to use this term in real life, but <laughs> since this is what the Urban Dictionary gave me, when we engage in that type of thinking, sometimes we diminish the real efforts that need to be made, right? We diminish the movement. We diminish the value of, of, of what we're truly going after because we're trying to placate parties on both sides. And I think with what I'm seeing a lot of going on now is we have a lot of black people, people of color, you know, whatever you want to call themselves that are still appealing to the oppressors, to the white man, to white society, to white culture. And they're trying to play both sides. They're trying to, oh, I kind of see where this is coming from. I understand what's going on over here. I don't think that this is a time to really engage in this in this placating of, of, of oppressors. This, oh, I kind of see where you're coming from. I don't think when we're, when we're talking about reformation, Right. When we're talking about uplifting the black community, when we're talking about creating systems that 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 will involve the black community. Right. Creating systems that will not leave us out, supporting our own, you know, things of that nature. I don't see how we can really engage in this both sideism, this placating thing that we're doing. Like it's either you're for the movement or you're not. It's either you're for change or you're not. It's either you're for equality for black people in this country or you're not. It's either you are tired of seeing black people, men and women, being killed at the hands of police or you're not. There's no really like, uh, let me see let's, uh, the other side of the coin. There's no other side of the coin when it comes to something this extreme, something this important, something this dire, something this grave, right? So I would just say with this new term that has entered into my life, um, with this whole both sideism concept, that you guys just keep your eyes open, keep your ears open and really be village, uh, vigilant, vigilant and critical when you are engaging in discussions with other people, when you are, you know, trying to make, you know, your point or bring your point across when you are engaging in think tanks and whatnot, you have to be critical. Really think about what it is that you're saying and decide what you're standing for. Decide what it is that you're standing for. Like figure out what side of the coin you want to be on. What are you truly you know, looking for? What is your place in this movement? What, what are you fighting for? Think about that. I think so many people are just jumping on the bandwagons and it's understandable. That's the culture. This is our culture. We are a bandwagon culture. I've said this, you know, in, in other spaces, this is who we are, but we don't have to stay this way. Not when it comes to, to, to issues that are this serious, right? We don't have to be bandwagon people. You can educate yourself. You can come up with your, you know, pick, 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 
your own argument. You don't, you don't have to let other people put words in our mouth and put ideas in our heads and say, oh, I'm going to go with this. Think about what it is that you want. How do you view yourself as a black person in this country, as a person of color in this country? Maybe you don't think there's a problem. And if that's the case, you know, pick the side that 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 doesn't think it's a problem. But we really have to really when we're picking our sides and when we're making our arguments and when we're engaging, we have to know what we're engaging about. We have to know what we're defending. Like Haitians like to say, know what you're defending, understand what you're fighting for. And I think that's really important with all of that. So <laughs> I feel like every, every segment has its own little sermon sermonette, but that's the urban dictionary word or phrase of the week. So we are now on to the big up of the week, the big up of the week. For those of you who don't know, because I, I realize that there are new listeners. It's a segment of the show where I highlight individuals or groups that are doing amazing things, you know, locally, you know, in our communities, nationally, things of that nature. So it is now time for our big up of the week. So this week's big up of the week is a collective big up of the week. I know I've been doing a lot of those lately, but I think it's really important just to, you know, give a bravo and a, and a round of applause and um, a real shout out to individuals who are doing amazing things and groups that are doing amazing things in in this climate. <laughs> so this week I am picking up all of the individuals out there who are sharing educational resources, who are creating videos, who are who are engaging in public discussions about the the current climate, right? I mean, all this week I could say that I've learned so much. I've I've been watching these YouTube videos, I've been watching these IGTV clips about history, about, you know, history of policing in this country, history of lynching in this country, um, you know, just just different social movements that's taken place. Um, there have been a lot of book recommendations. I've seen a lot of individuals, a lot of thought leaders posting their resources, things that have gotten them to where they are now. Like Kenneth Montgomery is one of my favorite people in this entire world. I dub him my mentor. And he is always sharing um, resources. He's always posting books. You know, I find him to be a thought leader in our community. And a lot of us want to get to where he is. A lot of us want to get to where a lot of these um, thought leaders are. And, you know, there are people who don't like to share their secrets. I don't know why. <laughs> they like to keep things to themselves. They want to be the only savant among us. But, you know, with him, he's always sharing articles, always sharing books, always, you know, breaking down like, you know, in a long post, like his thought process and, and challenging people to think critically and challenging people to really keep their eyes open and to see what's going on. And so, you know, my other friend, you know, my other girl, Daphne, she's always um, reposting and sharing you know, again, books, different books that we need to be reading, um, different documentaries that we need to be watching. And I've been seeing a lot of that, a lot of this sharing of very rich resources on our social media platforms and encouraging people to think critically and encouraging people to really just think, you know, think outside the box and really consider what's going on before us. And so 
Big up to you guys who have created, I mean, I've seen people, you know, construct book lists. I've seen people construct, you know, lists of black owned businesses to shop, you know, and support people have pieced together and have dug into archives to find old clips of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and some of these other, um, you know, um, radical leaders that were in our communities that were that were really you know, teaching the people um, about blackness, about our our particular fate in this country, right? Our status in this country. And I mean, I commend them because some of these, you know, videos and some of these archived articles and whatnot, these, I mean, you have to really be digging and searching to bring these things out to the forefront. And so we have people who are committed to the cause, committed to educating people where they're, where they're at, right? And where we are is on social media, we're on Facebook, we're on, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter. So I really commend you guys and I really big you guys up for doing that because right now everybody is trying to find their part, but we're also still dealing with the coronavirus. A lot of us have been unemployed. Like we have so many reasons to not be engaged if, if you if we really want to be honest we have so many reasons to kind of just sit this out and just say everybody you know what just just figure it out for yourselves but I'm very grateful for those of you who have decided that you know what this is a collective effort and I recognize that not everyone is educated out here even those of us with the fancy degree some of us still don't understand our past we don't understand our present and we sure as hell don't understand what's going on for the future so uh, it really takes those individuals who who are educated in history, are educated in the in the plight of black people to really get, you know, get together and create these resources for us and to point us in the right direction. So that that is that is who I'm bigging up. That is the collective that I'm bigging up this week. So with every high, you guys know that there is a low. And unfortunately, well, not, I keep saying unfortunately. <laughs> Is it unfortunately? I don't know. This week's womp womp of the week goes to the Manhattan lieutenant who decided that I guess, you know, he, I don't know, he had a change of heart. So I don't know his name, but there was a lieutenant in Manhattan, a Manhattan lieutenant who I think it might have been last month. This is according to the New York Post. So, I mean, we know how to post do, but I've seen this article on other platforms. But either way, this uh, Manhattan lieutenant had taken a knee during a George Floyd protest. Pictures were taken of him, but I guess it was a photo op maybe at the time. So, you know, he was kneeling with the protesters and everybody was like, oh, my gosh, look, look at this unification. We have a NYPD lieutenant who is kneeling alongside of, you know, of 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 these of these protesters. You know, what a symbol. And then homeboy turns around and sends an email to his fellow NYPD officers, basically stating in some in substance that, you know, he wants to kick his own self like the, the cop in him wants to kick himself in the ass for standing alongside with the protesters. It was essentially an apology letter, an apology letter, people to his fellow fellow cops saying like, I don't know what I was thinking. And I apologize for kneeling with the protesters. I apologize for kneeling with people who are protesting the brutal murder of an unarmed black man. I am I am apologizing for standing with protesters 
who are protesting the fact that on live camera, we saw an officer, a police officer, put his knee and his weight on the neck of an unarmed black man who was already detained for eight minutes and 46 seconds. I apologize for standing with the people and the cop in me wants to kick myself in the ass. This is the performative allyship that we are talking about. Some people disagree with me when I see all these white people and I see all these corporations coming out and apologizing and posting these I, I stand with black people posts, but it's all for performance sake. They are just doing this for the photo ops. They are doing this so that they can keep, you know, keep the black dollar in rotation. That is all. I mean, I could be wrong with some of these companies, but I am, I do not, I don't feel like I'm wrong. I don't feel like I'm wrong. This is an opportunity for everybody to come out and say, I am with them. But are they really with us? No, they're not with us. They're not with us. They're not with us. And this cop, we're seeing all over the country images of police officers and military and all this stuff kneeling and, 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 and walking and marching. But then they turn around and send emails to their cops like, yo, I know you saw that, but I'm still with you. Blue code, the blue wall is still up. It's not cool. And we, as the people, cannot be wrapped up in this. We cannot be, re this is not anything to rejoice over. I've been seeing people rejoicing over these things. Wow, we're really making a difference. We are making some strides. We are. I'm not taking that away from the protesters who are out there fighting every single day, the legislatures, you know, and whatnot, and the grassroots organizations that are, that are empowering their communities each and every day. We are making some strides. I'm not going to sit here and think that these police officers and that this 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 militaristic organization is is for me and is for us. And that these little photo ops that we see, this little kneeling here and there, this little I'm going to march with the protesters is showing that there is, you know, unification between the agency and the people. I'm not going to sit here for one moment and think that things are on the up and up because we have this performative allyship that's going on out here, that we have these white people, these these allies, these companies, these organizations standing with us. Are there white people? Are there companies that, that are standing for the cause? Of course there are. I can't say that, that that they're not, but I think that the overwhelming number of corporations and the overwhelming amount of, of support that we are seeing for the photo op, we cannot, we cannot be fooled by it. The people who are doing the work, the white individuals and, 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 and the non-black people who are out here doing the work, they're not looking for photo ops. They're doing the work. They're in the communities. They're partnering up with other, um, you know, with, with, with thought leaders. They're partnering up with other um, officials and they're doing the work. They're doing what needs to be done. They're not looking for photo ops. They're not looking for recognition. They're not looking for a press release, right? They're doing the work. I truly believe that there are non-black people doing the work for the greater good. They're not the ones that are out here, though, saying, hey, look at me. And I think that as a people and as a group, as a culture, we need to, to shy away from, from this desire to see 
this type of performance because that's why we're getting it. We're getting it because they know we want it. We, they know we desire it. We need to step away from that. We need to not get caught up in that. And so I know I went on a whole long um, spiel with respect to that, but that stuff kind of angers me. It gets me mad. It gets me mad because a lot of people are being duped out there. They're like, oh man, wow, reform. That's not reform. It's not, it's not. And so this officer, this lieutenant who, you know, wanted the people to think that he was with them by kneeling and in protest and then in the next breath sends an email to all his cop people that signals to me that what we're thinking about the police department is true if he had to run and go back and clean up a mess like yo don't get it twisted what does that how does that make us feel what does that leave us with right what sentiment does that leave us with it goes to show that what we think about you is true because the protest is for George Floyd. The protest was against police brutality. We were protesting. We are protesting so that something like this never happens again. So you kneeling in support with the people was that bad of a look that you needed to go and email an apology letter to your fellow NYPD crew, your fellow NYPD gang. Come on now. So officer, Lieutenant such and such, he gets the womp womp of this week. So before we get on to the meat of the show, I just wanted to plug in the fact that according to RP, the think tank is up and running. It's a Facebook page. I think I created about a week ago And, you know, we're starting to get some traction in this page. And what is the purpose of this page? Well, it's a think tank. People who know me know that I'm big on think tanks because I think that collectively we can solve some of our issues within the community. But we have to get together and we have to think critically and we have to be collective in it. Right. And so what can you expect from this group? Well, you know, Several times a week, I will post some some topics. I will post some questions. I will pose, you know, or, or bring up some issues. And the idea is to get people talking. Because so far, I think this week I posted, what are your thoughts on defunding the police? I posted that because I am seeing that there are so many different interpretations of this concept, defund the police. People are all over the place with what it means to defund the police. And I think that we need to sit down and actually talk about what it means to us and what our thoughts are. So far, there have been so many great ideas that have come out from individuals that have voiced their opinions. Some have voiced their concerns. And all that is important. You know, it's a private group, so it's not it's not a group where we're where we're, you know, going back and forth on political opinions with respect to, you know, are you a Republican, Democrat and anything like that. But it's a group where it's it's a safe space where we can share our thoughts on some of these policies and some of these things that we're seeing and trying to flesh out 
you know, by asking questions and and really digging through the mess to try to come up with some sort of proposal, some sort of policy, something that can come out of our thoughts, our collective thoughts. And we have all sorts of professionals in this group. We have lawyers, we have doctors, we have some people from, you know, the police department. Um, we have social workers, we have therapists. And it's important because all of these sectors are involved with this defund the police concept. We're, we're hearing so much about, well, therapists need to be involved in this. Mental health professionals, social workers, right? There's a lot that's involved. And I think that the input of individuals within these respective fields are really important. Today, I had a whole conversation with one of my homeboys who's an NYPD officer with respect to defund the police and what he thought about it. And we talked about some of the concerns, the, the glaring concerns that are not getting any real discussion in terms of how how is this going to happen? How are we breaking this down? What does it mean to defund? Can we actually say we're going to defund the police, reallocate these resources to social services such as Department of Homeless Services, you know, social social workers, mental health officials or or representatives and whatnot? Can we actually do that? What does it mean to have these individuals, these social services on board? Or what does it mean that the social service agencies will take over, you know, some of these cases instead of having police respond? Does it mean when a 911 call comes for a domestic dispute that instead of sending a police officer, we're only sending over a mental health uh, professional or a social worker? Does it mean when we say that we are not, we no longer need the police to police the homeless? Does that mean if, you know, that we have some sort of individual from the Department of Homeless Services patrolling the streets? What does that look like, right? And I think these are questions that we have to ask. Are we for defunding the police? Maybe, maybe not. But I think that the individuals who are saying that they're not quite sure, they're probably at the best side of this because I think that there is still so much that needs to be fleshed out with this defunding of the police um, situation that's going on right now. So either way, all of these things are going to be talked about within the group. And we encourage individuals who are open minded, um, because if, if you are if you think you're just going to come up in here and start, you know, being a Candace Owens in the group, you will be kicked out. But individuals who are open minded, we encourage them to come in and to share and to propose. Right. You know, we're, we're talking on all sorts of platforms. But where are the proposals? Is the pen being met with the paper? You know, what is the actual next step? And that's the purpose of this group, a think tank coming together collectively to, to, to solve some of these issues and to figure out what the solutions truly are and then to execute them. So with that being said, everyone, it is now time for the meat of the show. All right, everyone, I'm here with my very special guest, DeMarc Balache. DeMarc, say hello. Hi, how are you? Everybody, <laughs> how's, how's everybody? I know you can't answer, but <laughs> I hope you're having a good day. <laughs> I mean, despite everything that's going on, you know, I, I hope that everyone's having a good day as well. Um, so thank you, DeMarc, for taking the time to, you know, grace us here on the According to RP platform. Any, you know, anything I can do to help. You know, I need I need people to come together. 
Yes. Thank you for allowing me to be on this platform. No, of course. And, you know, I mean, you're a Johnny. You're a St. John's alum. So I always yes. have love for my Johnnies. You're also Haitian. <laughs> so I always have love for my Haitian people. So, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I always love seeing young people, you know, being part of the process, right? We're seeing a lot of young people take arms right now. And I think that, you know, we need to do a better job. Those of us who are a little older need to do a better job of highlighting and, and allowing, you know, our young people to, you know, take the mic, right. And to share our platforms with them. So I was really excited when we were both in the, um, uh, shout out to St. John's Black Alumni Association. Black Alumni. Yes, uniting people. That's how I ended up meeting uh, DeMarc because DeMarc is, is, is a little younger than me. I graduated some years before <laughs> before you. <laughs> but Black Alumni Association is always connecting people and that's how we ended up connecting. Um, and I saw that you had created this this new platform and I was like, wow, you know, I definitely want to have him talk about it, particularly in these times. But before we get into that, if you could just talk a little bit about who you are, where you're from, what you do. We already know you went to St. John's, but yeah. <laughs> give us a little background on who you are. So, um, you know, I'm a black man, you know, African-American because that's what America classifies me as. But outside of America, you know, I'm just a regular human to everybody else. If I go to Haiti, you know, people <laughs> are not going to be like, oh, you're a black. I mean, they're going to know I'm American because I can't really speak Creole that well. But um, yeah, you know, I'm just a regular person uh, that's worked in social services. And, and I've seen the problems and I've tried to uh, give solutions and it wasn't being heard. Mm-hmm. So I had to like, you know, do it myself. Yeah. To make it happen. And I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Whoop, whoop. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Listen, <laughs> no no shame no shame in this game over here. No shame in this game over here. <laughs> and right now I'm unemployed. So I have time to do it. Most of my time was going to my, if you ask my coworkers. Most of my time was, you know, being dedicated to helping the people in, in the community that I was serving. Mm-hmm. And I love doing that. I had no problem making, I had no problem making small impacts, but um, a big impact needs to be, a, needs yes, to, needs to happen. Yes. And I want to ask, I want to ask with respect to, you know, what's going on since we are, you know, moving into that direction about, you know, impacts, right? How are we impacting our community, particularly in this current climate with, you know, we're dealing with this health pandemic, this health crisis, but we are, you know, still dealing. It's, It's hard to say that we're also dealing with this racial pandemic because we've been going through these issues forever we've been dealing with racial um injustice social unrest for you know i mean even before i was born right before Mm -hmm. my parents were born this is something that's just a common thread here particularly in this country in the united states um but how are you coping with these recent events as being a black man you know and you know black men are targeted whether people choose to believe that or not, black men are targeted. You guys are the target. So now reliving some of these experiences. I mean, we've dealt with the Trayvon, Trayvon Martins. We've dealt with the Michael Browns. You know, we've dealt with the Eric Garners. You know, we've dealt with Tamir Rice. It's like back to back to back. But while we were in this pandemic, while everybody was cooped up already, 
we are dealing with Breonna Taylor. We're dealing with George Floyd. We're dealing with Ahmaud Arbery back to back to back. And just um, two days ago, well, yeah, yeah. by the time everybody hears this, but um, on Friday, you know, we have Rayshard Brooks who was shot in the Mm -hmm. back, you know, by the hands of Atlanta PD. Right. So even with all of these protests going on and all these things happening, we are still seeing young black men slain at the hands of police officers right so how you know how are you feeling during this time i'm gonna tell you yesterday in the morning i was crying on and off on and off for like five hours straight you know i broke down i couldn't handle it um and i i've been trained i i can i've helped people you know gain coping mechanisms i have personally my coping mechanisms, mechanisms, sorry. <laughs> um, you know, I meditate, I draw, I go for a walk. I would go to the beach. I can't do that no more. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I talk to my parents and it just, none of it helped me. You know, there was nothing I can do because I know at the end of the day, right now in this climate, I can die because of the color of my skin. Mm-hmm. You know, I go outside and I see white people living their lives or white passing ethnicities living their lives, not worrying about me or my brother, my cousins, anybody that has melanin in their skin. That's not part of their ethnicity or African-American. And it's sad mm-hmm. when you can't do anything about it. So I, yesterday I broke down, you know, because, you know, I, I was desensitized, you know, growing up in it. I saw it. I was just like, whatever, this is life, you know? Yeah. I think that's the key and, word right there, desensitized. I think a lot of people have become desensitized to the, this reality of being black in, this, in the United States, right? Um, yeah having that fear, that constant fear of, am I going to come home? You don't even feel it as a fear anymore. It's just second nature to you. Right. Um, so yeah, I, on social media, um, there was this video of a girl terrified of a cop, of a Mm -hmm. lady cop. I don't know if you saw it, No, but, um, that's how I felt when I was a child. And I'm just like, I, I'm so sad that this little girl, or a little boy has to go through this, mm-hmm. you know, and me and my little brother, we made a pack when we were kids. We weren't going to have kids mm. when we got older because we knew if we did have kids, they would go through the same thing that we went through. Yeah. And now I see the next generation going through the same thing that I went through and it's sad. Yeah. It, it proved my point. <laughs> like there's really no point for me to have a kid. In this climate. And a lot of people feel that way. A lot of people feel, you know, why would I continue um, the generate, you know, generations to, I guess, experience this type of injustice to experience this type of racial profiling? Why would I subject any any anyone else to this to this way of life? Right. Um, But I guess the question I have and again, I understand that way of thought, you know, a lot of our our foremothers and forefathers who were in the struggle. I remember when I was reading um, Asada by Asada Shakur, she had actually mentioned that, like she had said that 
that she had no intentions of having children because she did not want her children to live their lives the way she lived her life, you know, and we're talking about a couple of decades ago, right? And so now in 2020, we still have that idea that we do not, you know, want to subject our future generations to this. But some may say that's a defeatist um, approach, right? That's a defeatist attitude that we cannot let these oppressors, we cannot let these white people, um, you know, stop our stop our generations, right? Stop our lineage like this. Like we cannot yeah. be afraid to procreate and to, you know, continue our legacies because of these white oppressors. And what we should be doing is figuring out a way to really fight and to fight effectively. So we're seeing a lot of protests happening. We're seeing a lot of, um, you know, donating of money, volunteering and, and, the, and things of that nature. Have you actually taken part of any of the protests that have been going on? Um, I w- I'm in Pennsylvania and I was I missed one protest. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought it was going to be like a New York protest, <laughs> you know, it lasted <laughs> 24-7. But um, it, it lasted four hours and I was informed that it was going to be four hours. And I was like, no, people are going to be out there and they're going to continue staying, mm-hmm. you know, protesting. And I, that's when I was getting everything ready. I was be, before I before I went to the protest, I made the website. I started to make the website, made the social links. <laughs> and that's why I ended up being late because I was going to go to the protest to get people involved. Mm, OK. And so I missed that protest. But but yeah, so. And then after that, I was like, I'm not going to go to any any protests. And why is that? I've been to protests before. And yes, it's a way for people to be heard. But I need I need to focus on what's going to happen after the protest. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's what I that's what I was trying to do. You know, Uh, so that's why that's why I didn't go to any other protest, because I've been focusing on what needs to do. What happened? What happened? What needs to happen next? And I understand you on that. And I think um, there are several individuals who take that approach. You know, although the protesting is important because there are changes that are being made because people are out there, they're voicing their concerns and they're, you know, they're, they're, um, you know, calling out for change, right? They're, they're unifying, they're showing strength in numbers by going out, calling out for change. However, it's not just the protests and you understand that well. It's not just going out. And calling for change, you know, in person, but it's also what's going to happen behind the scenes. How do we continue? Like you said, the protests happen, we come home, but what, what is the next phase, right? What is the next phase of the, the, after the protests, right? Um, So I definitely understand you on that. And I think that that's kind of where I am too. I went to a protest, I think about a week and a half ago. And I went and I was like, all right, you know, I felt like I was with the people, but I think where I am now in my life, I feel like my talents are best served behind the scenes as well, right? Trying to figure out, Mm -hmm. well, what is that next step? Getting people to think critically in groups as to what's going on, what we're hearing, um, evaluating some of these uh, concerns that we that we have, right? Whether they're true concerns, what's the priority? So I totally agree with you on that. And so 
You were talking about, you know, a website that you were building and, and this, this group that you were trying to put together. Yeah. Now, um, what, what is this group? What is this movement okay, that you're so, starting? Uh, next phase of change. NPOC, right? Um, first, I personally, the, the acronym, you know, NPOC, people of color, like people of color, like it, it went so well together. <laughs> when I first saw NPOC, I was like, I don't know what the N is for, but POC, people right? of color. <laughs> yeah, but um, it gets that for many things. You know, the next people of color, me personally, I never like the term people of color. I never like the term black. I never like the term African American. And that's me, you know. I go by um I'm human. My religion is love. You know, <laughs> I'm from Earth. And I could be you know, my cousins look different from me. Mm-hmm. You know, they could pass as Middle Eastern, Indian, <laughs> you know, <laughs> from South America from Europe. <laughs> and that's another thing, like, you call me African-American, but I don't call you European-American. Mm-hmm. You know? You're not, you don't belong here either. You're not from this land. This is the native people land. And you stole it from them. And uh, I wrote so many so many names down. If people are interpreted as no people of color, and they want to like be like, oh, it's a unification of everybody, by all means. If, if people want to interpret it as the next the next phase of change they can um if people want to interpret it as uh the next face i don't know if they want to change the after <laughs> the age <laughs> well, what do you want it to be interpreted as i think that's the important oh, part oh yeah so the next phase of change mm-hmm. that's what i wanted it to be a, a, interpreted as okay and what's the mission of the next phase of change our mission is is unifying all organizations and people to help create a better world. Okay. Point point simple. And I and through my through me making this website, I've organized with other people and started to help them, like you know, make manage their organization mm-hmm. and have a unification. And when Nexus of Change is just the beginning. Yeah. We need to find a better name for Nexus of Change because after the phases, we're gonna have an organization. You know, and we need to find a name. And one organization I'm working with is Say My Name, uh, 1968. Mm-hmm. They think that uh, Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. Mm-hmm. And it's to continue his legacy of not only civil rights, but fairness mm-hmm. and equality in the world. Yeah. And that might change true. The name might change. But right now we need to we need we need a template. Yeah, <laughs> you know, a beginning, <laughs> and it's a, yeah, it's a start. And I think a lot of people yeah. are afraid, or let me not say afraid. I think people are so caught up sometimes in the mechanics of organizing these things, or you know, what should the name be? What should this be? What should that be? Um, focusing on the longevity of a name and not necessarily allowing for any type of evolution or flexibility to take place. A lot of us are yeah. missing our opportunities because we're so, you know, rigid on the mechanics of Caught starting the these things. Yes, that too. Like I want credit. That too. <laughs> you know. That's all that's and always been a big complaint too. That. Yeah. It should be like, oh, we're all fighting for the same cause. 
So now, yes. oh yes, my cars might focus on this right now, but best believe, I'm coming to to your fight too. It's steps. We have to take these steps. So how is this organization NPOC next phase of change different from other organizations that are attempting to do the same thing, right? Attempting to unify groups, unify people for one cause. Okay. So right now I feel like a lot of people are trying to unify, Mm -hmm. right? And there are making organizations and like, you know, email blasts so people can unify. Mm Mm-hmm. And before this happened, I knew there wasn't an organization like this. But now other people are doing it. So right now, at the moment, I feel like it, it's, the, it's, it's not as different as what people are trying to do. Mm-hmm. What we need to do is to come together and work together. Mm-hmm. And my main goal of the of the organization was to unify all organizations in your, in your local area and state and that work on either local policies or or federal policies and create permanent and unifying uh, laws and, and laws that protect you and that, that can't be taken away. Mm -hmm. You know, that's my main goal, main focus. And it's just hard to, to, to get all these people together at this time because everybody's trying to scatter and make their own. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I should have started this a long time ago and I didn't because I trusted other people to start it. Mm-hmm. I felt like this could have been prevented a long time ago because I've, I've given this idea to many types of people, council, council members, celebrities, CEOs, a bunch of people that had power that were on top, uh, community community partnership program. And there are organizations that are trying to unify organizations in their city or local area, but they haven't figured out how they're going to spend the money, who's going to get the credit. And these are the minute things that they care about. Mm. Which they shouldn't. That's hindering the major, I guess, I guess the, the overall mission, right? The, the, the over, actual yeah, goal. The overall mission. And it's to unify everybody, get everybody together, understand how to get the help, where to get the help, and how the money is being spent and where it's being spent. Yeah. I think that's you know? really important because a lot of criticisms that we see from organizations usually um, are surrounded around the money, right? It's usually... Yeah. It's always the money, you know, a, a organization could have been doing or could have presented themselves as doing amazing things. But once there is questions about the money raised it, you know, whatever good they might have done goes out the window. So I think that type of transparency is what's lacking in a lot of our organizations and a lot of, you know, these groups that we're seeing that are raising money, raising funds to do, you know, social justice work. But, you know, people are skeptical. People are very skeptical of organizations very, because of that. Skeptical. Yeah. You know, I was like, where's my money going to? I did research. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I know when you, when, when you work in a lab and, and they generate money 
for like, you know, the research that they're doing, you know, how much money is really going to the research mm-hmm. and how much money is being paid to the researcher or how much money is being paid to the pharmacy company, mm-hmm. you know, who's getting what, you know, is, is are, are they really focusing on the re- research? Yeah. Are they really focusing on getting money? Yeah. And, um, I had many, I, I had many organizations before I even uh, got the name next phase of change. Next phase of change came about like, you know, focusing on what we need to do right now in this climate. Mm-hmm. I wanted to focus on helping everybody in the world. Yeah. So it started with anonymous love. So you can help people anonymously, but you can see how much money we were raised mm-hmm. and where we're we giving it to. Right. And, and then I changed it to reform daily and PIP, which means PIP, which, which is people in power mm-hmm. to um, help people register to vote. See, see all the politicians in your local area and state, mm-hmm. the small ones to the big ones. And see if the agenda is helping your community. Um, you know, and it'll, it'll be an easy way to get them out of power if they are doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. So I just have to start it. Yeah. Well, sometimes, you know, you have to start things, you know, yourself. You can't wait for other people. Um, yeah, and, I, and that's 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 usually what happens. Yeah. A lot of people, they, when I would when I would talk to council members. They would ask me, did I start it? No, I told them, no, I didn't start it. And I understand they have their agenda. They have their focus. You know, they have the missions that they need to go. They need to go to, you know, well, in New York, they go to Albany for meetings and their time is taken up. But I think what's important here, though, is that, you know, you are you're 24 years old. You're you know, you're very young. And, you know, you have these ideas and you have this altruistic sense about yourself. You know, you want to help the world. You want to change the world. And unfortunately, we know that we can't change the world just by ourselves. It needs to be a collective. So I think that by you starting this organization, NPOC, Next Phase of Change, I think that there's so much that you can do with it. You've listed some of these other ideas that you have. All of those ideas can still be, you know, I guess, uh, conducted under, you know, the next phase of change. You know, I see this as a beginning. I've organized it in a way where people can understand there's leaders, organizers, protesters, donors, Mm -hmm. teachers, educators, lawyers. All you need to come together in one area, talk about how you're going to raise money, where you're going to distribute the money. Yes, black owned businesses. That's a plus, but you need to understand with black owned businesses, you need to you need to know where their manu- where their manufacturing is being done. Mm-hmm. Because it can still go to the white man's pocket. <laughs> yeah. You know, you need to understand are you are you gonna work in a third world country and have these have these people work like you know, like slaves too? You know, what's your model? You know, are you are are you gonna be good and efficient? Yeah. Are you going to help out those communities too? Mm -hmm. Because those are the black owned companies that I want to support. They're helping everybody full circle. Yeah. Understandable. From the the people in the sweatshops. I don't want to say it, but that's what it is. I mean, we have to be realistic. (laughs) We have to be realistic. (laughs) You know, and just, I I just want everybody to understand there are levels to these things. Mm -hmm. 
And and if you're about change, you have to understand every level, mm-hmm. know every level, and be a part of helping in every level, from the smallest to the largest. Yeah. You know? So now where can we sign up? Like, how does that work? Where do we go to find okay. out more information about NPOC? Yes. So nextphaseofchange.com. You can go to our website, our social media. On Instagram is nextphaseofchange, N-E-X-T-P-H-A-S-E-O-F-C-H-A-N-G. <laughs> nextphaseofchange.org.com. <laughs> dot net i brought all three domains <laughs> so you you all over the place you made it official official nobody can yeah. steal this name steal. No. <laughs> and on on twitter uh, i couldn't uh put next phase of change so it's phase of change okay and on i still have to make a facebook account but i'm okay. just gonna make a facebook page yes yeah, so sign up uh join to become a leader and a leader will will their main focus it's to get the information to the community, mm-hmm. whatever local area you live in, the state or the state that you're from. And I also added territories. So Puerto Rico, the Virgin Islands, wherever you from, mm-hmm. come to, because you're part of you're part of America. Yeah. You're part of the United States. You know, you're their territory and you deserve the rights as well. So I think that this is definitely calling for a real collective effort. I mean, we're talking about 50 states and territories. We're looking for, you're looking for a real team to get together to really assist yeah. you on this project. My main goal is if you're, you're established organization in a state, please contact me. Please contact me. The email is next phase of change at gmail.com. And we can, I can try to, you know, assess me however you want to trust me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so we can work together. Yeah. We all need to unify. Talking about black organizations, uh, Hispanic organizations, you all matter. Mm-hmm. We all matter in this time. Yeah. No, I understand. I understand. And I think that that, you know, that right there is 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 powerful understanding that it's it's about unity, right? It's about yes. people of color coming together and bettering our conditions here in the United States, right? Mm-hmm. Always, and be building the communities that you're in. Yeah, okay. you know, I want everybody to come together. Well, I think you definitely gave us a lot to think about with respect to what the next phase of change looks like. You know, once we've, you know, once we've gotten to a space where I guess we can have real, open, honest conversations about our current state of affairs, and we start to make waves to better our conditions here as people of color. What does that next phase then look like? Right. And I think that's really important for us to think about. We should definitely be concerned about what's going on now, but we should also have at least a corner eye to the future, at least um, so that we can, you know, really focus on what what the next step is supposed to look like. What is our future going to look like? How do we ensure you know, a future that's one of justice, equality for, you know, ourselves, if we're lucky enough to live that long, but definitely for our children and our children's children. So I definitely commend that the work that you're doing, particularly as a young black man in the community, you know, we're in a society where black men, young black men are seen, you know, are, are seen as thugs. They're seen as, you know, individuals who are not really about anything. I think it's really important 
um, that our young educated black men are rising together to create these types of spaces, platforms, organizations of empowerment um, and, and mentorship, right? Because all this is, is yeah. you know, just by you being a 24 year old young man, college graduate, you know, child of an immigrant, um, your, your, your life is serving as a testimony and as, is serving as a real life, you know, um, example for, for young boys everywhere. Yes. And, you know, mentorship is, is key. Yeah. You know, if you're taught wrong, you do wrong. Yeah. And if, if there's a place where, where you are able to learn what is good and the way and better ways to advance your life, you know, change will happen. Yeah. And that's what, need, that what that's also what needs to be focused on. All right. So Mark, is there, is there any way that we would be able to, you know, let's say somebody's listening to this and they're like, wow, you know, I really want to contact DeMarc personally because I oh, really feel uh, like, you know, I, I, I want to, you know, talk to him maybe, you know, on, on a, you know, on a one-on-one maybe like, do you have a personal Instagram? Do you have, I'm not saying they give you a number out now, but do you have a personal yeah. Instagram or social media platform? Because sometimes people want to, you know, develop like a more personal connection with, you know, with, with the leader of an organization, you know, they want to actually, maybe they have other plans or maybe they want you to come speak on a panel, or maybe they want to just pick your brain about a couple of things and they want to, you know, approach you in a more formal, uh, formal manner because a lot of times with our s- several social media platforms sometimes we're not sure who's running what you know so we want to actually go straight to the yeah to the source so do you have like a personal you know either it could be email or social media platform that somebody can reach out to you directly so my personal email is the mark at gmail.com you have to spell that bro <laughs> D A M A R C dot B A R L A T I E R at gmail.com. All right, great. <laughs> All you right. can find me on Facebook too with that name. And my Instagram is pure entity dot the number zero zero zero. Okay, cool. Okay. All right, great. So I I know everybody got that. And if they didn't, they could definitely slide up in my DM and according to RP and ask me, who was who who was that guy that was on that show? <laughs> on that episode. <laughs> you know, I made it very clear. Yes, very clear. Very clear. <laughs> yeah, I need people to join the team. Yes. And it's it sounds like it's I mean it sounds like it's going to be an amazing effort and we definitely need to support our young people when they are coming up with these very important initiatives because DeMarc could have been doing anything at this time, but instead he's dedicating his time to the movement and to the betterment of our community. So that is something that, you know, we should definitely support and we should definitely be, you know, be a part of in some way, shape or form. So again, DeMarc, I commend you. And I thank you for taking the time to come on this show to talk a little bit about yourself and the work that you are spearheading in our community. Thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate you allowing me to come on this platform. No, of course. Rita, of course. I understand I was all over the place. <laughs> my first interview. <laughs> you know, I was stuttering. <laughs> but um, I hope my message gets clear and across and it will. Yes. And people can focus. If if they don't want to join me, they can start it themselves. Yes. And I'll be glad and happy to join their team and help them out. 
And that's how you we know you're a true leader and you're truly about the cause because it's not about self, it's about the cause. And so that should be commended as well too. I think oftentimes yeah. too many people are so caught up in themselves and they don't see the greater the greater goal. So, you know, maybe what you're doing might not be someone's exact cup of tea, but like you said, start start something yourself or join something so join something else you know there are other organizations out there as well too but just be part of the solution i think is really what i'm getting from you is that you just want people to be part of the solution yes. okay okay and the solution is first starting with unification yes and that i that i totally agree That's i totally it. agree All right, everyone. Well, thank you for tuning in to another episode of According to RP on WJMS Radio. Thank you again, DeMarc, for taking the time to be with us. And with that being said, everyone, I will talk to you guys next week. You are listening to According to RP on WJMS Radio. About time you tuned in. Tune in each and every Sunday. Can't wait to come back.